Greetings, listeners, and welcome to Montessori in Action podcast. This month, we continue our theme of good Montessori summer reads and fall into a conversation with the co-authors of the new book, Montessori Baby, Simone and Junifer. Simone is also the author of The Montessori Toddler, a comprehensive guide to raising toddlers in a Montessori way. Both these books are based on her 15 years experience working as a Montessori teacher in Sydney and in Amsterdam. She also has a popular blog, Instagram, and a podcast, The Montessori Notebook, and is the mother to two young adults. Simone currently runs parent-child Montessori classes in Amsterdam at her school in Jacaranda Tree, Montessori. Junifa is a trained Montessori guide for 0 to 3, 3 to 6, and 6 to 12, and the founder and head of school at Fruitful Orchard Montessori in Abuja, Nigeria. She has three children whom she raised using Montessori principles from birth and also guides children at Fruitful Orchard, mentoring teachers and supporting parents in implementing Montessori from birth. All this inspired her to co-write Montessori Baby with Simone. Please welcome Simone and Junifer. Welcome, Junifer and Simone. Thank you so much for being on Montessori in Action podcast. It's so lovely to be here. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. It's an honor to be here. Wonderful. So I thought we'd start with the origin story of the book. And I know, Simone, you wrote a previous book. Um, that this one mapped on to. So do you want to say a few words about that? And then we can hear how Montessori Baby came into being. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it was already quite a few years back when um, the idea of the Montessori toddler came up where it's like, what would be the most useful thing for parents? Because they always ask me, what book can I read? And I say, read a little bit of this book and read a little bit of that book. And oh, actually ignore that chapter because that doesn't really apply. And it was really hard to find things that were accessible to parents because Dr. Montessori's writings are beautiful, but not so accessible to parents. So it was a really fun project to put together all of the questions that parents ask and put it into a beautiful book. And I wanted to make it easy to read. So it's also beautifully designed and with very accessible tables and illustrations and examples. And then once that book launched, people were saying, oh, I wish that I had have known about all this earlier, which led to the idea of the Montessori baby. And then maybe Junifer can take over from here when I invited her over for dinner when she was visiting Amsterdam. So in 2018, I went to Amsterdam for the first time for the AMI AGM, um, and I got to observe Simone's class. And then in 2019, when I was visiting again, she invited me over to her apartment for dinner. And on the flight over, I had been thinking that I would love to write um, a book for Montessori babies, because I also get a lot of questions about that. And so I went to visit her. And she said, oh, you know, I was thinking about um, writing a Montessori baby book. And I said, I was thinking about that on the way here, too. And she's like, oh, why don't we write it together? And right there <laughs> at her dinner table, we sat down and drafted out the chapters and the flow of what we wanted to write. And that's basically how, you know, it was literally a very quick conversation. And we put something together over her dinner table. And then when, once, we, once I got back home, we started to work on it. And then during the lockdown um early 2020 so 2020 we we really like fleshed out the book and finished everything and turned it out so it was a blessing and a curse in the same way to in the same at the same time to be locked down but we it, we kind of birthed the book out of that whole experience 
Mm-hmm. And what was it like to create, to co-create a book on two continents? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the complexities of that is, is mind-boggling. And I'm just, I'm wondering, Junifa, what was that? What was your experience of that being on a different continent? Um, so on the good part, our time zones are very close. So it was a little oh. bit easier to coordinate. On the negative side, <laughs> the internet in Nigeria is horrible. So a lot of our conversations were like, can you hear me? Oh, it's disconnected. Oh, so it took a, I, I, it took a lot mm-hmm. of patience, actually. But I think that we work very well together. Our personalities are very compatible. And um, I don't know, we just kind of went with the flow. It was challenging at times, but it's just, you know, when you're working with someone where you're on the same wavelength, that just made it, you know, a little bit easier. So the challenges were really just the connection, you know, not being able to sit together. And then when you're trying to simulate that with Zoom, having it get disconnected from my own part. I don't, I don't know how Simone feels about how it went for Simone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting that you say that because one of the themes that comes out in your book is about patience and about fortitude, right? That just sort of staying with and being with your baby. And so it's almost you were living that experience in the writing of the book and it made it way, seeped into the book. Simone, how was that for you? Well, yeah, other than the internet, I think it was a beautiful process because Juniper and I write surprisingly similarly. Um, so we really divided up the chapters. Um, each of us then reviewed and edited. And we, so we really worked on every part of the book, um, every word, like we checked and double checked, did you mean this or did you mean that? Um, and it was so fun to work with someone who was completely on the same wavelength because I would add something and she'd say, oh, yes, I was meaning to write that. Or um, likewise, she'd just say, oh, the only thing that I'm missing is that. I'm like, oh, yes, that, of course, we'd make it more rich. So we, it was just a really positive experience. I didn't feel like we couldn't say something back to Juniper's text. And likewise, I was so open to just making it richer. Um, and every time that when we got into the illustration part where we were working with the illustrator, um, they would send through some examples of the illustrations. And with Montessori, we're so specific about what a material will look like, or <laughs> we're so conscious of how a baby's head would be when they're lying on a mat. And so when I would write up my notes on what I thought were suggestions, Juniper's list was exactly the same. So it was just like we're <laughs> the same person but living on different continents so it was really beautiful (laughs) how did the illustrator manage the two of you I think they were they were really actually really accommodating. Sani van Loon, she's a Dutch illustrator actually, and um, they just did a beautiful job. And they, every they were really respectful because we wanted to be conscious of skin tones and making sure that everyone felt represented in the book. And we were also really conscious of that in the writing of the tone um, that everyone felt accepted no matter what their parenting or their family looks like because there's so many different types of families. Did you encounter any parts of the book where there was cultural differences, where you wanted to tweak or adjust what you were saying based on being in Nigeria or being in Amsterdam? Junifa, you have to tell the story about the peacock. Yes. So um, in one of the analogies that I shared in the book, I um, shared about driving down the road and seeing a peacock on the road and then slowing down or stopping for my son to you know, look at it. And I remember the editor came back and said, um, 
do you really have peacocks just walking on the road that you can stop to look at? And yes, we do in Nigeria. So <laughs> yes, we had that situation. But in general, because we were writing, we knew we were writing for an international audience. We really tried to make sure that, you know, whatever stories we shared, whatever recommendations we shared, we shared in such a way that it can be adapted to everyone, regardless of where you are. So apart from when we were sharing our personal stories, we didn't really have any, um, you know, specific cultural disagreements because we always wanted to give it in such a way that wherever you are, you can apply it, which is what is beautiful about Montessori, right? Is that you can take it, you can take any idea. When we say set up your room a certain way, put art, we don't say put a specific art. You know, you can put an, an art that works with your environment if you want, or with your culture, with your own location. If you want to put a mat on the floor, if it's a blanket, if it's a quilt, if it's a rug, you know, wherever you are, whatever works for your own specific situation is what you can use. So I think that because of just by the inherent nature of Montessori, we didn't have a lot of those issues because in general, it's it's a philosophy or it's a method that can be adapted. And so that's we wrote it in such a way that everyone could take it or we tried to write it in such a way that everyone could take it and adapt it to their own specific cultures. And I think what was important for both of us as well is that it's so accessible. Um, so that we weren't saying you need to have this specific material. It's like if you don't have access to make a mobile, you don't want to make a mobile, go outside and put your child under, you know, the tree that you have in your garden or in your local area. Um, and that's the most beautiful natural mobile you can get. So we were also kind of breaking away that myth that Montessori is only a private school kind of accessible only to the rich, that actually this book means that even if you don't go to Montessori school, you will be able to apply the Montessori principles in your home. Wonderful. So I'm, I'm curious what you each learned along the way of writing this book. And Simone, having this be not your first book, what, what were your major learnings that you walked away from Montessori Baby with? I think that the thing I've learned about writing both the books is that um, I'm only like a translator. And so when the book is doing well or if the book's well accepted or if someone doesn't like the book, it's not about me. It's The book is like a translation that people will run with and like they say oh thank you your words have changed and it's like it's not about me and so it's really almost like your child you're just being a guide in, in writing a book and putting it out into the world um, so I love that that it's like having another baby you just watch it have its own wings and let it go where it needs to go and so we're really excited that it's also been translated into you know over 20 languages I think for toddler and maybe 15 for baby and so it's really meeting the monster community everywhere um, so I think that was a, a learning at the beginning because I, at first I was so excited when the book was doing well or then you want get one email where someone's upset and then you're like you take it really personally and actually um, learning to let go and I just let the book go where it needs to go so I think that was probably one of the things that and I think also just the relationship that I built with Jennifer, that was really beautiful to see that um, I, I work a lot alone, you know, in Amsterdam, I run my own playgroup, but that we could collaborate and birth this together was a really beautiful process as well. Hmm. And how about for you, Jennifer? what did you learn? Um, I actually learned a lot from Simone on just how to, um, how to word things, to word my ideas in such a way that it's, acceptable or it's more, I don't know, more welcome, more usable. Um, 
a lot of my experience, so I, I did my training, I've worked with parents and I've practiced, you know, Montessori with my babies from birth. So I've tried it and I wanted to share that I've worked with parents too, but not definitely not as long um, as Simone has, has worked. So that experience came through, you know, in, sometimes I would word things a certain way and just a little tweak that she would suggest would make, I would see such a huge difference in, you know, in the message not being lost because of how it was worded. So I think that was my biggest learning. I just learned better ways to, you know, communicate our Montessori message where it's acceptable and, you know, people don't feel judged or people don't like it's not too technical or too theoretical. It's simple, like how to simplify it. So I think that was my biggest takeaway, just how to take what is a profound idea, but make it simple you know and make it accessible and acceptable so I think um, I got a lot of practice in that and then just you know going through the whole process of publishing a book how to work with another person you know listen to their ideas and share your own ideas how to work with the editor how to work with the illustrator how to manage your time because it was a lot for me how to manage that time while running my school and also taking care of my family um it was a lot so but it was good to have that experience because now i feel like i will be better able to manage it the next time around so it was really a huge learning experience for me actually Hmm, it's interesting that last part. I was just thinking, I wonder how each of you are changed from the experience. But then you you kind of touched on that, Junifa, that it changed your perspective in terms of like time, managing your time and the things that you're doing to prioritize in order to do something really important um, and building some of those skills. I love that you said for the next time. I can't wait to see what's going to happen next. <laughs> Are there are there other ways that you feel um, that you feel changed from the experience of having written the book? Ah, well, yes, definitely. It's um, I don't know. Like I think that I'm still digesting the enormity of it. Funny enough, just last week we received some copies that were printed, like they were translated in Bulgarian and Indonesian, like. It's it's a lot to just process. I feel like I'm actually still processing it that I, I always share that one of the reasons why I have um, continued on this journey is that I really feel a huge responsibility. Um, I'll just share a little bit. In 2013, while taking the zero to th- the zero to three training. I was pregnant with my first son. Um, I attended the Montessori Congress, which held in Portland that year. I was also taking my training in Portland and I was very pregnant. Like I was nine months pregnant. And so at the Congress, there were all these people from around the world, different ages, many of them really old, probably in their eighties or nineties. And so they would stop me because (laughs) I literally looked like the baby was about to come out and they would stop me and say, Oh, how are you? When is the baby? to you and I would say to them that I'm also taking the training and every single one of them said to me oh you're so lucky it's such a blessing to discover Montessori before you have your first child and so I felt a really big responsibility honestly so I graduated and I felt like I had to you know do really you know I had to try everything that I had learned and I did and I tried to share it on my blog and I tried to share it with everyone. That's really what I tried to do. Like I felt like I have been blessed and I wanted to share this blessing with other people. And so writing this book has been like, 
doing that on a different scale. You know, the, the week when the book was launched, we had people from around the world sharing pictures of, and I'm just even getting emotional just thinking about it. And just to think that, you know, to be able to share it, um, and I'm not going anywhere. I'm just sitting in my house and sharing with all these people. I know what a change this has been for me, my family, my community, my parents. All of us have become better people. And so to think that now, you know, all these people around the world have this opportunity also to see their children differently, to enjoy parenting in a different way, to, you know, to just be different. And because when you raise your children differently, you're changing the world because they will be different and they'll they'll come to the world differently. They'll approach the world differently. So um, to answer your question, it has, I mean, it, it, it was a dream come true. Um, so it has changed me in the sense that, uh, I don't know, I can't put it into words, honestly, but I just feel blessed to have the opportunity to give this to the world you know, and to, yeah, I feel blessed, really. It has, it has increased my blessing quotient, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wonderful. How about for you, Simone? Um, I think I'd say um, that it's an honor to get to write the book, and I'm so glad that it's doing its work. And actually, me personally, then I just go back and I'm actually – in my classroom with the families, that's where I'm myself. So it's like that was a project and I'm so glad that it's helping families putting into place. But actually for myself, it's not about the book actually. That was just um, a beautiful gift that I could give the world. But actually where I feel most at home is in my classroom with a few families and helping them bring Montessori into their daily life, like working with the children, seeing the joy on their face the first time that they realize that they can peel the skin off a banana and then they go over and they put it in the bin and then they come back and peel another piece off. And I have to sometimes hold a parent back because they're like, they're being so inefficient. They could just take the whole banana to the bin. And all those little small Montessori moments, you know, that's for me where I find my work. So do I feel change from it? Actually, I just feel myself and, yeah, I go back. I'm a very, yeah kind of I can box things I guess into different categories and it was a really intense period and then I gave myself time to recover from that and and then being back in my classroom I just felt joy to be able to be yeah bring that then back into person yeah into the face-to-face person relationships mm. I was going to say that it's funny how how like when Simone was saying that I was just thinking how it's funny how that is right um, it's the same in, in the sense that I also teach, I'm also in the classroom and I, you forget a little bit about the book. Like, you know, it's done, you've written it, you get those, you get that feedback around the lunch or you get a new reminder, but then you get back into your world and you're so focused on, on in the class and then somebody will call and say, oh, the book. And I'm like, oh, yes, that's true. We wrote a book. <laughs> you know, we did this thing. <laughs> oh, you get an invitation. <laughs> but I, I, it's it's interesting because both of us are not full-time authors, right? Like we both have a separate life from this, you know? So it's like switching between two worlds all the time. So it's, it's interesting. I feel that same way with Simone, like in the sense that, you know, I sometimes forget about it or unconsciously, like I, my life, I, we get back into the flow of your life and then something reminds you, but then still that 
it's still that knowledge in the back of your mind that this thing that you put out in the world is going to far places, right? Um, it's quite amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm hearing too that there's something about the concreteness of the book, that it is, I am holding it in my hand for listeners that can't see, like this, what is, what was in your mind and hearts is now inside of a cover, right? And it's in the hands of other people. And when you have those moments with the banana peel in the classroom, those are abstract. Those are, you know, out, those can't be held in your hand. They're not frozen in time. They're they're lived moments. And so we're in all of these lived moments with our work, these moments that come and go. Um, but the book is sort of this sort of almost kind of satisfying, concrete example. And to add to that, I think that when it's printed and you see how big it is, like it's an encyclopedia, it's over 270 pages, and the editor was so surprised when we submitted the manuscript that like, oh, there's really so much you can already do in the first year because I think that they thought it was just going to be a little supplement, you know, like these are a few things that will happen in the first year. And I think I was also surprised how much knowledge we have and when you categorize it and you simplify it um, and that it's also very logical um, because sometimes it seems so abstract, but this is is making it really concrete for people. So yeah, that was actually a really lovely surprise to see it in print and um, see it in a format that's going to be um, really accessible for parents yeah, wherever they are in the world. Mm-hmm. So it just came out in May and it's already being translated into 15 languages. Um, so I don't know if it's a silly question to ask you what your hopes are for the book because <laughs> it's already making its way around the world. But Junifa, what are your what are your hopes and dreams for Montessori Baby? Honestly, the hopes that I have have already been, I mean, they're no longer hopes because they've happened. I just want them, I just want it to go far to reach all the parents that it needs to reach or is supposed to reach. Um, I hope that, um, and that I hope, I hope that every family that does um, get, get to read the book finds something that will make their lives easier and better that would make the child's life better that's really all I hope for it I don't have any big hopes other than that I just wanted to reach everybody that it's supposed to reach and for them to take what they're supposed to take out of it in our training in the zero to three training my trainer Patty used to always say you can go where you want to go and I hope that you go so the book can go where it needs to go and I hope that it goes (laughs) (laughs) and how about for you Simone Yeah, I have very similar feelings as Junifer. And I think it's actually a Montessori thing too. You know, like we're just guiding the process and then you just let it be where it goes. Um, And I guess that you, um, there's some really sweet people who have written back and said, this is compulsory reading for every new parent. And like um, I just posted (laughs) on Instagram this um, note, like in the book we wrote a note for carers and visitors, um, which is basically written from the perspective of the baby on like how we'd really like to be handled and how we'd like to be asked before we picked up and just it's a little checklist that they could like maybe even photocopy and hang on their fridge and so visitors who come would like it so I made an Instagram post of of these tips and someone said this needs to be like given to everyone having a baby in the UK right now and so you kind of hope that these ideas are gradually shifting the greater consciousness just like we're all doing in the Montessori world and that's what I also love about Montessori is that we take our training, but all of us go and use this information in different ways. Like I love listening to your podcast, Elizabeth, and hearing about all of the beautiful Montessori work being done around the world. And if this is just our small contribution, then we're really happy to do it. 
Mm. Well, I imagine reaching all the babies around the world is going to be an amazing start for the movement. (laughs) (laughs) We've got to start young, right? Yes, exactly, exactly. And as you said, whether they go on to Montessori school or not, it's transformative to begin life with that much intention and respect and care. So thank you for putting that book into the world. And I really appreciate your collaboration too, that these two Montessori minds from two different places came together to create something powerful. There's there's a lot in that, especially in this time of unifying our Montessori community, of working to come together um, and to move beyond differences to address some of the things that we need to look at within our own community to strengthen our practice. So what, um, what a gift to the community that this book is here. Is there anything either of you want to add before we wrap it up? Well, Elizabeth, I think that this call itself, you know, you being in North America and I'm here in Europe and Junifer in Africa, that is testament to that, you know, closing, making the world smaller. Um, And we also are working on another project, which I'm going to help Junifer to write The Montessori Child, which is for children from three to 12 years. And I haven't worked in the classroom at that age. I have my assistant certificate, but um, I have two children who have been, they're now in the fourth plane of development as well. Um, so um, I'm going to, we're going to help translate all Montessori wisdom through the next um, plane and a half. So we're really looking forward to it. Wow. Wow, that that's a big project to take a plane and a half. <laughs> <laughs> that's the editor who said that, you know, there's just not enough room to have a three to six and then a six twelve. We're like, okay, we'll make it into one week. We'll make it work. <laughs> it is called childhood. So it's it's childhood. We just call it childhood. Early to late childhood. So yeah. Um I'm looking forward to that project. I think again, um, it's, I, I think that the gift of Montessori, the classroom, and I work in the classroom, I have a Montessori school, so it's a gift to be educated this way in the class. But I think that more than that is um, parents who raise you with a consciousness, a respect for the child, um, a respect for the child's needs, their interests. I think that that's what's actually going to change the world is when parents raise their children differently. Um, and educate them differently. But Dr. Montori said educate, education begins at birth. And we all know that the parents' impact on the child is a huge part of their education. So um, I'm, I'm excited to take on this project and also, again, feeling, feeling very blessed and honored to be able to do this work in the classroom, but also to support the home, which I think is very important. So I'm really looking forward to that, um, to working on that. So yes, I'm excited. Thank you for having us. It's been lovely chatting with you. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to continue this work with with you and also with Simone, because I've been learning from you over the past few weeks. Um, and I really appreciated that. So I'm really grateful for all of us who are lighting our own little corners and, you know, just watching the light spread. Yeah. Hmm. What a beautiful sentence to end on. Thank you both so much for taking the time to do an, an intercontinental conversation about Montessori and in particular Montessori baby. And thank you for putting it into the world. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Our show is a project of Public Montessori in Action. 
elevating voices in the community to forward the mission. Our host is Elizabeth Slade. Our producer is Isaac Price Slade. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and sharing it with others. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts.